People are my passion, and this podcast is about just that. Life, love, careers, relationships, the ups, the downs, the funny, and sometimes not so funny things that happen along the way. I think that everyone has a story to tell, and I want to hear it. So join me weekly as I sit down with everyday people from all walks of life to find out what makes them tick. You are listening to Bright Minds with Ashmon. Are your insurance premiums going up or is your insurance company dropping you? Give The Works Insurance a call today and tell them Ashmon sent you. The Works Insurance offers insurance coverage to protect everything that's important to you. Whether it's your home, your car, your kids, or your toys, The Works Insurance can tailor coverage that works great for you. Give them a call at 910-550-0209 or visit them online at theworksinsurance.com. Welcome back, everybody. We are into season two of Bright Minds with Ashmon, and I have got Jenny Munsor with me today. Hey, girl. Hey. Hey, you totally said my name right. Oh, I was like, oh, nailed it. (laughs) I was like, I can't hear you. So we just had to do a take two because my dogs went crazy, but that's all the further we got through this thing was just a little, um, hey, girl, hey. (laughs) So take it two. Uh, thank you so much for doing this with me today. She was supposed to be sitting in my kitchen with me and I broke my second microphone. I don't know what, like an hour before you were supposed to get here. Pretty much. So now we're doing this on the phone. I'm so sorry. I'm really bummed. It's just, there's something I like about doing it in person. I feel, you know, you just get more of a connection. It just seems more natural to me. Yeah. It's definitely different. You like know? sitting and looking at someone in the face and all the things. Yes. That's like, that's my strong suit. Like, I feel like I lose that whenever we're doing this on the phone, but I think it's going to be great. So I appreciate you being flexible and hanging in there with me. Okay. So I don't know if this happens to you, Jenny, but my memory has just like gone to shit since having kids. (laughs) So I was thinking, right. What is that? I mean, it's, I like feel concerned about myself sometimes, but I was trying to think about how I first got to know you and how we became friends. But some of this I could have made up. Let's what we'll just go through this together and see if I'm if I'm correct. Um, I don't know who for those of you that listened to one of my actually was the end of season one with Sheetal Patel, um, who was Henry Patel's wife, who was a physician, a cardiology physician, but you were his nurse when I met you, correct? I was not his nurse. Oh, I gosh. was actually, um, I was Lance Lewis's nurse. And well, but darn it. <laughs> Henry's office was like right outside yours. Right outside mine. Desk. He would always like run by my chair and like slap the back of it because I'd be like done with my work, like doing Sudoku. And he'd be like, why don't you get to work? <laughs> like, I am done with my work. Stop. Okay. So me. I'm not completely crazy. Like, I no. definitely, I remember being in there and always like talking to Henry. And then you were sitting, you sat right outside of his office. So I guess yes. I just assumed that you were his nurse. That's so funny. Who was his nurse then? Oh. At that point in time, like old school days. I can't remember. It, Who knows? I, I remember it was this. Was this older woman named Pat who had like a very distinct huh. voice? She'd always be like, "This is Pat." I can still I hear her. You said it; it was going to come back to me, but nope, I got nothing. It's yeah, a drawn a blank. Still, yep. Okay, so then we had this other friend who worked there, Mary Cameron, and this is if this is off, like this is going to be hilarious. I feel like we all went to dinner one night into the movies to see the we Hunger Games. We saw the Hunger Games. <laughs> I totally fell asleep in the theater because it was okay. so late. We went to like a midnight showing. We and I was like, a, I what were we doing? I mean, I don't know. I don't hang past like 10. But we had no kids and I don't know. We just, we. I feel like we went to Bricks and then we went to see the midnight opening night of the Hunger Games movie. Okay. I'm so yes. glad that I was like, if she wasn't there or I'm making this up, like that's <laughs> fantastic. <laughs> okay. No, no. I'm going to keep going. So I distinctly remember this next part. So we're sitting at dinner. I couldn't remember like where we were or what, but I guess I nailed it. And you, this came up recently because my little girl, we just went to see Taylor Swift and she's also obsessed with Lady Gaga. And I've been thinking like, I don't know. You're only seven girl. Like, I don't know that we're quite ready to go to a Lady Gaga concert. I hope to do that soon, but just maybe like 10 like a few right? years. <laughs> yeah, sure. Like, I just think it's a different crowd, different energy. It's not the same as going to see Taylor Swift. Did you, or did you not like go to summer camp with Lady Gaga? Yes, I did. <laughs> so yes. I went to a summer program at NYU like the summer going into my senior year of high school, it was like me and I don't know, six others of my theater friends from California. You, you, I was gonna say you were in, you lived in California. So you flew across the country to go yeah. to camp. We, we lived in the dorms at like NYU 
at like this 17 and it was so much fun but yeah no she wasn't lady gaga then i'm trying to think of what her name is it's like i can't stephanie think of, it's something. like Alyssa. oh it's stephanie yes it's stephanie something but yeah no she um give us the re- tea what she was, was she like? really honestly <laughs> we weren't friends i didn't really oh. care for her that much to be honest um i could see that i, I mean she's she was, so artsy she might is she just like not she was very, like likable uh she was almost overly confident but she was really obsessed with being Mimi and Rent and that was like her whole jam that summer did she get that like that was her role that was the role she wanted to be like on Broadway did, someday but it's never isn't that happened funny? but it might happen one day for her <laughs> who knows uh, but I think no, she I love surpassed her, her wildest dreams yeah I mean I love her music now I have no ill feelings but I laugh so hard and I didn't realize that that was her until like years later I'm hanging out with friends who had gone that summer and they're like Remember how we went to summer camp with Lee? I was like, what? I was like, oh, I love this fun facts. And of all the things I can't remember, like I really remember like Jenny knew Lady Gaga. Did you know she was super talented then though? Did she blow your mind back then? Everybody at that camp was honestly pretty talented. So everybody has, I don't know, she didn't stand out more than somebody else. Okay. Um, we weren't in the same dance classes because I, I was gonna, wait, in the lesser sing? dance Is that why you were there? Yeah, before I went to nursing school, I got a bachelor's in musical theater. And no then I decided way. that maybe I needed, like, uh, I don't know, a more sure what's thing your, like, in my life. What's your, like, biggest role you've ever done? Like, what's like what's your claim to fame? Oh, man. Girl, I don't have any big claim to fame. Well, I feel I like mean, the fact that you got into this NYU program says something. It was high school. But, no, um, <laughs> you know, I did some, like, uh, civic light operas and things like that, which are, like, pseudo-professional-ish. Uh, do you still and, like I don't know do you find, like are you always singing along singing in the shower singing like your way through life oh I sing in the car a lot like you might drive by me one day and be like there's a full-fledged show going on in that car I love this <laughs> do you know I sing all the time and Jenny I have like the worst voice that you've ever heard and I don't care <laughs> I'm almost That's glad I'm not about. talented because then I might have tried to like I don't know I would have tried to ha- go a different route in my life like that sounds so fun. I love it. Okay, well, this is not what this podcast is about, but I, I mean, what a fun fact! That's so awesome, and I can't wait to tell Lucy that I was not making this up. Like, I think the girl coming like, on my podcast knows her. You are actually cool, right? right? I'm gonna keep. I'm gonna keep making her think I'm cool until she won't anymore. I don't know. I know. How many more years do I have? At least a few, I think. How old we'll is see. your daughter? I feel like she's seven. Be- oh yeah. How old are your kids? Um, my daughter will be nine this summer, and then so my trips s- nine. Yeah, and then my son is five. Okay, so like same, similar-ish. Yeah, you yeah. Know. our we're kids all still like really like us and like think that we're great and want to spend time with us. And I'm trying to like absorb this time period before really like have to. the dark time. You know, sometimes it makes me nervous when people are like, "Enjoy every minute, enjoy every minute." I'm like, I'm trying. <laughs> I'm like, I'm trying, but I don't want to play with jeeps on the floor anymore. I'm so <laughs> tired. That really is like a floor. stressful thing that I I feel like I'm trying to remind myself to never say that to people later in life. Like when my kids are grown, like to not look at somebody on the beach and be like, "Enjoy every second. It goes by so fast." Because that's a lot of pressure. Like we're doing the best we can while we're in it. You know? Yeah, I'm just yeah. like I just take each day as it is, and some days are more enjoyable than others. That is uh, the truth. <laughs> Some days are better than other days. All right. So I'm just going to be perfectly candid right here. Jenny, I'm a little nervous. I um, This, we're, what we're going to get into today, guys, is really heavy and it is a little different and I just don't want to say the wrong thing or, I don't know, do the wrong thing. I'm not typically a nervous person, but I feel myself as I was like, okay, it's time to do this thing, getting a little, my heart's beating fast. How are you feeling? I'm feeling a little, it's always a little anxiety provoking to be like, all right, like, how am I going to talk about this and whatnot? But um, yeah, I just, I think it's a subject matter that people get nervous about anyways, and because it is uncomfortable, but that's a lot of why I believe in talking about it. Because if we can talk about these things, then it takes away a lot of the stigma for other people. That's so true. And it, it is really impressive how I texted you this, but I really find you to be so brave and being able to open up and talk about your life. And that is true. I am really nervous and everything. Yeah. You just, it's just something people don't openly talk about, which is making me clam up here. But guys, Jenny, um, I've been, you know, like I said, I've known her, I guess I've been at Linkair 15 years. So, you know, I've known you a while. I don't know how when you start women's in cardiology, but I have been following your Instagram journey as she has started opening up about her childhood and being the victim of um, childhood sexual assault, which is really 
heavy and scary. And I don't know, but I want to challenge myself too. So we're going to just talk about this, right? Let's do it. Um, first of all, again, I don't want to say the wrong thing, but your Instagram is somehow also like, is funny. The raw, the like you, you're not <laughs> making light of it, but it's, what do I say? What's the right word there? It's like, I, it, you make me laugh sometimes. Like you're really good at your posts and, and conveying a heavy subject matter in a way that doesn't makes me want to follow you. If that makes sense. Well, like it's not, thank too, you. I don't know what I'm trying to say. <laughs> I feel like also though, like some of mental health is actually really funny though. Like going to therapy is in some ways really kind of ironically funny and sometimes even serious subjects. If that, we can just like yeah. take a deep breath and you know, find the light in things. I think it really helps make everything a lot more palatable. See, That's I can't really, say that word very well. I just, I was, <laughs> did I just say that right? So before we started recording, I was telling Jenny that, that you know, those words, we, they just won't roll off the tongue or you think overthink them. And then there's just a sound that I can't, I just, I can't do it. Your last name gives me, it was one of those. Hey, um, before, okay, I'm going to swear I'm going to get started here. But speaking of therapy, this is actually going to make, this makes me laugh. When I first started going to a therapist, I probably saw like three or four before I found my current one just, and I just wasn't clicking, but I, I saw you at, and this is when I was like embarrassed and not sure about it, which now I so am so open and honest. I don't know, maybe five years ago. I can't remember. I'm so and I saw, you said this because I saw like, you, but I, did she see me that day? I don't know. <laughs> I was so embarrassed and I like didn't know what the right thing is to like say hello. Like, does she know that I know that she knows that I'm here? And is oh she my God. I, it, how funny is that? And now I'm like, who gives a shit? I just, girl. Uh, so you saw is, me too. Okay. Yes. And I like, I remember going into her office and being like, that was, I was like, that was literally the fear that I had. The reason why, like, I didn't go to therapy for so long was somebody seeing <laughs> oh, me no. there and what they would think. And she was literally like, you know, that like they're in therapy too. For I'm something. there too. Like, were we seeing the same part? I can't, there, cause there are multiple people. I still people see her. Know. So I don't know if she's the one you clicked with. But I that's honestly I can't see. even remember. No, it's not where I go anymore. I think I only but, used it like two or three times. Yeah, I was but say, I don't, I was like, what was I going to say? I'm like, I don't use her name because in, in the book, oh, I sure. changed, fast forwarding, like I wrote a memoir about m all of this and I changed everyone's names in it um, except for my gotcha. own. So even in this conversation, like I'm going to use the names that I've used in the book. Oh, that's really smart. Okay. Well, I, I honestly can't even remember her name, so I won't blow up her spot. <laughs> that is so <laughs> I just had to call funny. that out because it is really funny to me now, but I was the same way. I didn't want to see. I was just embarrassed. Like I said, I was embarrassed about it. And now I'm so open and honest and I talk about all people text me all the time. Like, who's your therapist? Who should I see? Like, it's just a different conversation. Yeah. Even a few short years later, how much more open people are about it. No. You know? So it's funny. I work now. Um, I work in the NICU, which is the neonatal ICU now. I moved like a year and a half ago or so from adult oh, cardiac yeah. ICU to there. And I've worked with a lot of younger girls that are like 22 to 25-ish range. And I am blown away by like the mental health acceptance of like the generation it's under so us. so cool. So I am here for it. Be like, I went to therapy <laughs> this week and I had like a great session. And I'm like, I want to be you people when I was 20-something. Yes. Like I'm so... There like, was like a shame around it or something. I completely agree. And I think, yeah. again, it hasn't been that long and how quickly it made a shift. Like, I think it's not cool to not have a therapist now. <laughs> I know. I'm like, ooh, right? you seem like you've got a lot going on. You should probably talk to someone. Which is also probably the reason nobody can find one because everyone's so busy and bumping <laughs> these days, you know? Jeez, Louise. All right. So I know this is really broad, but I kind of wanted to see if you would start us out and give the audience some like life – I. Oh, which I would do want to talk about your memoir, all the things, but give us some life background to get us started. Like your backstory. Um, I know you grew up in California, but, and again, we did kind of already set the stage that is going to be a little heavy, but you were the victim of childhood sexual assault. So if that, how do you, how do we get started here? Can you give us some backstory? Yeah. So, um, let me, I'll give you like a little reader's digest situation. Okay. Perfect. So I am from Southern California originally. My parents are still married. They probably didn't have the greatest marriage. Not probably. They didn't have the greatest marriage while I was growing up. Um, they are still together by some, I don't know, miracle. They're oh, wow. together at this point still. I don't know. But uh, I have two older brothers. My oldest brother, Mark, is uh, eight years older than me. My middle brother, Brad, is four years older than me. And, you know, basically we looked like the very typical suburban American family. We, I'm so sorry. <laughs> like, 
cat is meowing in the background. I can hear it, but it's like not bothering me at all. This is real life. You know, this is Um, a real podcast. Yeah. Anyways. um, But we looked like the average American family. Like my dad is a part, was a partner at a CPA firm. My mom was an elementary school teacher. We lived on a nice street with, you know, suburban America. We took vacations. Like everything looked normal, but my house was so far from normal. Um, when I was probably about six, I can remember my oldest brother started, um, sorry, I'm trying to like get the cat, um, started to molest me on, he was the babysitter for my other brother and I, my parents would go on date night. Yeah, being eight years older, I mean. Yeah, so like a normal thing to think that your oldest sibling can watch your other two. And somewhere in there, my middle brother walked in on, in what was happening And basically, you know, my oldest brother chased my middle brother down the hallway and they had a conversation that I didn't know what they talked about for like 20 years. But soon after that, um, there's like a phase out time of Mark stopped and Brad started and Brad abused me all the way up until like I was like 12 and a half. Oh my God. How old were you, Jenny, when the first that you can remember? Six. Six. So this is like six, six and a half years of my childhood. And it's not something that I ever really dealt with. And um, I pretty much just, you know, rolled through life. Like I can't tell anybody about this. Like it was just like a weird understood thing. And honestly, for a long time, I just thought this is what happened in everyone's house because it was like six. Like that's. Yeah. And as you grow up, I was like, this must be just like a secret everybody has. And then. When I got into middle school, at one point, I asked two of my best friends if they had like a deep, dark secret, and neither of them had one. And that was the moment that I was like, "Oh, oh, Jenny, Ooh. God, yeah. yeah." So you like middle school? You think it was when you first started to be like, "Oh shit!" It's like something yes. is happening that is not supposed to be happening. Well, by then the abuse was done. So I was in elementary school until sixth grade. I went to middle school in seventh grade was the way our elementary school and school stuff was structured. But um, so everything had stopped happening by then. But then once I figured that out, it became, oh, my God, I've done these terrible things. Like we're learning about, you know, we're learning about how sex works in like science class. And I'm like, oh, my God. And having like this moment of like, oh, I know too much. And I know why I know too much. And that's really the start of just like shame, yeah. just like coming in hot. And, um, oh, did you, and please tell me seriously, this is how this is going to have to go. If, if you don't want to answer something, if it's not appropriate, like, I, I don't know. Did, did he tell, like, when did he tell you not to tell anyone? Or did you, at your young sexual brain, just know not to tell anyone? So the only is that time, okay it, to ask? no, you're fine. Um, okay. The only time it ever came up, um, is so Christmas Eve of my sixth grade year, my middle brother, Brad approached me in our parents' bedroom. And I don't even know why we were in there. Our parents were like upstairs and I was straight up just like, it's Christmas. No. And he, like, I tried to like leave and he grabs my arm really hard. And I, the only thing I can think of is like, I'm going to tell our parents. And as soon as I said it, I knew that I couldn't actually do it because I was like, well, it's Christmas. Like, I don't want to, I don't want to be in trouble on Christmas because that was the, yeah. where my brain went. And he looked at me dead in the eyes and was like, do not tell, you will ruin Christmas. And that was the Ugh. only time I ever thought about telling ever someone. telling. Yeah. Do you ever think, can, oh, okay, I get, I feel nervous every time I want to ask something. What, a, do, it just abruptly just ended? Uh, like, it just so stopped? So I will tell you that, well, I don't remember when my oldest brother stopped. Okay. I, I really don't. And I do know the final memory. And I don't, I'm like, I don't want to talk about why my oldest, my middle brother stopped because it's in the book and it's very dark and it's very okay. heavy. Sure. Um, but um, I, I can remember like when that stopped for okay. that. I was like towards the end of my sixth grade year. Oh gosh. That crazy age as it is, and then you've got all this other stuff going on. So from how old, Jenny, then when do you end up deciding, so you're in school, you're learning, I'm sure you had probably sex ed classes, all the different things you know now, you're dealing with 
far more than anybody should ever have to deal with. How do you process this? Like, when did you decide to tell your parents? Or who <laughs> did you tell? Like, I don't even know what you do. Oh my God. I lived in like absolute silence for a very long time. At some point in high school, I was at a sleepover with two friends and it like slipped out that okay. I, I said something about, you know, I had been molested by my brothers and I let it slip that it was like plural. And my friend was just like, what? And I was like, forget we ever had this conversation and like never talked about it again. And then really, I did not talk about this. I mean, I was so ashamed. I couldn't write about it in my journal. Like I would go to write yeah. it and I was just like, I can't do it. What if someone finds it? Like right. instantly I'm like, this will be the day I get hit by a bus and then like someone will see it and the secret will be out and it'll be terrible. So really Ugh. I, um, so fast forwarding to thinking about therapy and how like things are just different. The first time I ever went to therapy, I was 20. And at the time I, I had had bulimia in high school and it went away. And when I went to college, it came back. And I told okay. my college boyfriend what was going on in that like way of like, I just want you to know. And he straight up was just like, you can either go get help or I'm going to tell your parents. And I was like, oh, oh wow. Oh, get help. Good for him though. Now as a grown adult and a mom and you know, like. <laughs> yeah, for real. That's really, um, I'm glad he did that. But okay, so that's, that's So this is not, this is this is years before I ever tell my parents. I promise this is not like an 85 year story. But no, um, I'm, I'm invested. So talk about like upper middle class family. My parents had a therapist that was always like, if you need to talk to somebody, you can go talk to her, which I laugh about now because I'm like, what parent is not like, please talk to me if you have something to talk about. Right. But that was kind of always the- That seems very um, ahead of the times. Yeah. Yeah. But either way, um, both of my brothers had been to her for different reasons. Oh, God. And so she knew my whole family. And- so I go and I'm like not even nervous because I have no idea what even happens in therapy. I'm just like, I'm avoiding my parents finding out about my eating disorder. Cool. Right. And we sit down and we start talking and like the end of the session's wrapping up and she's like going over how, you know, you seem like you have issues with perfectionism because your parents really had like a lot of high standards. And I'm listening to her talk and I just, something inside of me is like, this isn't right. Like she's getting this wrong. And I just like blurted out that I'd been sexually abused by my brothers. And she just like, I cannot imagine what that moment was like for her because she had known my family forever. She had known yeah. me from the time I was like seven in her waiting room, like chilling while my mom went back for an appointment or something. Like, yeah. So and she I knew your brothers, like she had met with your brothers. Yeah. So she knew everybody. Oh and at the time, some people will have mixed feelings about this. I only saw her for a few months and it's because I was 20 and like I didn't make an appointment for like next week at one point. I, and then I, feel I just- like nobody gets to have any feelings on this. Like they can get over it. Sorry, sorry <laughs> but, you keep going. <laughs> thank you. But no, like I just like didn't make another appointment and then I was just like life happened and I just didn't go back and I just didn't deal with things again. And at one point during our sessions, she was like, a lot of people would tell you to tell your parents, but she's like, I don't think you're ready for your family to potentially fall apart. And she was right oh. then because okay. I would have, everything would have a very different outcome today if I had dealt with it then. And okay. I'm very thankful that I That's waited until I was- that you have that perspective, you know, cause you can't go back and change it. So I love that it worked out the way that you feel like it was supposed to, you know? A hundred percent. Like I just, I wasn't the same- level of confidence in my choices then that I am now. Sure. And basically I did not deal with any of this again really until after I had my daughter. Okay. And I have so many questions. <laughs> Wait. So fast forward, we're like 10, we're like nine years down the road now from okay. seeing, yeah, cause I was 29 when I had my daughter. Um, do you and, think having a child, well, no, keep going, keep going. Yes. Oh, having a child definitely shifts things. And it's actually a very common thing that having children will bring up a lot of childhood trauma. So and this is not the same at all, but having a child did make me want to go to therapy for sure. Yeah. Because like you're like my own shit because I'm going to project it onto them. So hundred <laughs> percent, like nothing yeah. makes you realize that you're like, Oh, I'm not, I'm not going to do that to my children. Like having children and realizing that you're like, Oh, I'm going to impact these people's lives. Right. Right. Um, but basically uh, fast forward to my daughter's first Christmas. We went back to California for her first Christmas 
And uh, I hadn't been able to be home at that point for Christmas in a couple of years because of work. And I really love like Christmas morning. That's my jam. And my middle brother yes. decided he wasn't going to come to Christmas morning just because it took my oldest brother has two girls takes too long to open their gifts. I was bored last year. And I'm like, you can't suck it up and come over Christmas morning for me. I'm finally here. And he was just like, nope. And that was the thing that set me off. All of a sudden, that memory from Christmas Eve all the way back in sixth grade, he told me I would ruin Christmas. I had forgotten about that memory until that moment. And I sat and thought about that memory for like 10 months of trying to just like not be upset. Like I started running, like I was like, I started taking ballet class at one point. Like I was like, what can I do so I don't have to deal with this? Because dealing with that's going to be complicated. And that number one. So, so I I get where your brain is. Like, let me do anything but actually deal with this. And also like, I didn't want to go to therapy here. And so, uh, what is it starting all over again and having to explain to somebody? I, I, I mean, I just, I'm, I get it. Yeah. Okay. So and I mean, I hadn't really even delved into things in any serious way. I, I couldn't talk about it. There's actually, so there's a really good book called The Body Keeps the Score about trauma. And he, in it, talks about these, like, I want to say, I can't remember. I'm the butcher if it was a CAT scan or MRI. Uh, that they did of people's brains where they like read them their traumatic memories and like the speech center of the brain literally shuts down when you are like reactivated by trauma. So that's why it's so hard to talk about. And like, I couldn't talk about it at all in any sort of real way at 20. And then, you know, I still really had no idea like the breadth of everything at this time. I just knew I was really pissed and I knew that I couldn't like, everything couldn't be the same. And so I actually made an appointment with the same therapist from when I was 20 because she was still practicing in September following that Christmas. And that was really the start of everything. Like, Was this on the phone or did you go back there? I was coming back for a visit. Okay. So I – and I was like, is she going to remember – like, is she going to remember me and like why I'm here? Uh, and I, as I'm soon certain as, she remembered you. <laughs> oh, yeah. As soon as she saw me, she was like – I will never forget. She just looked at me and was like, Jenny, Jenny, Jenny. And I was like, oh, she knows. And um, I am kind of an impulsive person when things are like really emotional. And I finally just decide like doing this. So that trip ended uh, with me dropping a letter off for my middle brother, basically saying like, I remember. I don't want you in my life anymore. Goodbye. And it was kind of purposely vague because I just was really mad and was kind of feeling a little bit in a shitty mood. And I was like, I don't care. And um, I'm sorry, you don't owe him anything. Like, no, I was just like, fuck it. Here you go. And I left him this letter and basically, can I ask, was he married? Does he have kids or was at this time? He did not have children yet. He does have a child now. Um, But at the time he was married, he is still married. Um, And basically that day, this is where the story gets really confusing. I'm just going to say, like, it gets very messy. Um, so I will try to explain it as best I can. But basically, okay. he keeps calling me after getting this letter. And I don't pick up the phone because I'm like, I don't know what you want to say to me. And then he sends me a text. He's like, as hell, Jenny. Like, I'm sure, you know, he's like, yeah. what, do you, what do you mean? What are you going to do? Yeah. Like, he's exactly. sure very nervous. Yeah. I, I can only think of negative things. And then I go to my best friend's house after this to hang out and just, like, be like, oh, my God. And then my phone rings. And it's my oldest brother. And I'm like, what the hell? Why are you calling me? Right. And what I learned later that day, um, I ended up going back to that therapist's office and my oldest brother called into the office and he and I kind of hashed things out because I hadn't intended to do that. I was just going to deal with my middle brother. So the both your oldest brother and you go to this therapist together. He ends up calling into the office versus actually showing up. Because he is the whole thing. But either way, what I learned was uh, my middle brother was so scared when he got my letter that he, because he had walked in on my oldest brother all those years ago, he always knew what my oldest brother had done and not vice versa. So he called my oldest brother and said, hey, Jenny dropped this letter off asking for help for like how to talk to you about what you did. Do you think that she could like press charges against you? Oh my God. And I was just like what the hell like that was the moment like 
that I realized how bad everything really was. And that if for him to be afraid that his yeah. life was about to be over was just like huge. And, um, you know, basically what followed after that was, you know, about a month later, I realized like I couldn't go to California and for visits and stuff and just like make it where we couldn't see each other. Like I was like, eventually my parents are going to be like really aggressive about like, what are your plans? What are your brother's plans? Okay. We're doing dinner at this time and everybody's going to be there. Like we're making this work. And so yeah. I knew I had to tell them. And, um, I ended up making them go to that therapist's office and I called in and told them and, um, give me a timeline here. So September you fly back home, mm -hmm. you meet with that therapist. Mm -hmm. What month is this call with your parents? First week of November. Okay. So, um, so they're sitting in her office and you're mm -hmm. on the phone. Yep. And like, yeah, you want to talk about times that I was just like, <laughs> I oh. like have goosebumps on my arm. I'm like, Oh my, I can't. It was, did she help you get started or guide you? Like, so I don't even know what you do. I wrote a letter and okay. she proofread it. And then that's what I read to my parents. <sighs> Man. And it was, yeah, it was a really bizarre day. Um, and basically, um, yeah, I mean, I was like, I don't know how to say this without just sounding into, I don't know. My parents are not able to take accountability for what happened, for what their role in things are. So in okay. telling them, my parents are not great with emotions. And so, yes, they were upset about what happened. But like my dad in particular was very much about like, well, your brothers are going to have to make this right and this and that. And like, this is why I tell you that I'm glad I didn't tell them when I was 20. Because at 20, I would have been able to be pushed into like reconciliation that I didn't want. Right. And that it, makes sense. You know, I had just turned 30 when I told them. And I, you know, at that point I was like, no, like I can't have this, this person around my child. Like sure. yeah. if it was anyone else, that wouldn't be what happened. Um, and then I don't know, over time, like I, 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 initially did not want to cut off contact with my oldest brother. That's actually what I wanted to ask. You said like, so you, he, when he called it on the phone, you said you kind of hashed everything out. Can I add, and you just, again, tell me. Did, you're you're good. You're good. Is there a reason that you felt like you could maybe have a relationship with him, but not your middle brother? So my middle brother's always just been kind of like a really shitty, selfish person. And what okay. he did was so much worse versus yeah. I only had a couple memories of my oldest brother. And he had always been the much nicer brother, like reliable, like been more of that role as you envision that that would be. Okay. And so because of that and because he always seemed to be the better person, I was not wanting to cut it. But also it's really painful to choose to like cut off family members, especially I, like your siblings. That cannot like, be easy. I can't imagine. And yeah. for people who, some people will get very like, Oh, but they did this and that. I'm like, yeah, but you know how many other normal memories there are? Like it's a coupling. It's a, it's like, there's also memories of us building forts and playing games and doing all the normal stuff. And I so I read that on, you had a post on that that I thought was so powerful and it really, I'm going to like get choked. That like choked me up. That has to be so confusing when you're young and I have kids, you know, watching my kids play and have these core memories of they're like each other's best friends. So to have those normal childhood memories then mixed in with that, that is so unbelievably confusing and so much to process. And I, I mean, I, I'm like following you. I thought that was really a powerful one. I mean, that's what makes it so like shades of gray complicated. It's why it's not simple. Like if it was yeah. just like some random uncle, I probably wouldn't have a million other normal memories with, and it would be different, but that's part of what made it so painful. But um, so with this time you tell your parents, I, I they want you to essentially reconcile at that. So how, where do you go from there? How, when did you say like full, I mean, at this point, I know the middle brother is completely cut out. What about the older brother? So basically I, I was not completely firm with my parents. I was like, I just need some time. I need to figure, you know, this is what things are going to be like for now. I did tell them I was done with my middle brother, but I was like, I just need some time to figure things out. And, um, basically over time, um, my parents kind of continued to just not be particularly helpful and continue to be very, um, 
very unchanged by everything. And, you know, when I was a kid, like my emotions were very invisible to my parents. And there were some very key times that I'm like, how did you not pick up on that something was obviously very wrong? And, you know, then I have this, they have this awareness of all these things that happened and we would have phone conversations and they would never pick up on like that. I was obviously having a really hard time with things. And February of 2016 is when I finally went to therapy here in Wilmington. Okay. <laughs> Took me a very long time. And, and then I run into you. <laughs> and then we run into each other. And we both avert oh, no. eye contact like people do. That's so funny. I'm sorry. Okay. So God, 2016. I'm telling okay. you, girl, I've wondered that for years. I was like, I wonder if she saw me that day. Oh, and I'm just going to use this podcast to, to tell you that I did. <laughs> mystery solved. Uh, But no. So once I started going to therapy and a few sessions in, she finally was like, you're going to have to like, at some point kind of go below the surface for me to really help you. And that was the day I was like, okay, we're done now. Bye. I left therapy super early. I was just like, I don't know if I'm going to go back. I was just like, I can't believe she asked me that. Like I was so pissed. And then I finally, um, did a therapy exercise she had asked me to do. And I was like, no, not doing it. And I wrote down everything I could remember. And I am me. And I was like, I'm going to proofread this before I read this in therapy. Let's just make sure it makes sense. Yeah. And as soon as I read the first page, I lost it. And I suddenly realized how bad everything was. And once I started actually processing everything, I could not handle like everything at once. The processing, my parents not being helpful you know, dealing with family separation stuff. So I ended up actually not talking to my parents for a few months because I was just like, look, I cannot deal with everybody at once. And um, during that time, both of my brothers ended up contacting me because my dad had told them to fix things. And I was like, why are you both contacting me? And I found out later that that was why. I was super pissed. Uh, But during that time, my oldest brother made an email address that was like a secret email address so his wife could never find out. And I didn't actually want to ask about that, but keep going. Yes. So basically I was like, I can't, I was like, this is, I'm not cool with this. So I basically was just like sending daily, weekly, like, are they, I'm so sorry. I was troubled. Like what? I mean, just basically say he emailed me basically to be like, Hey, parents are freaking out. Just wanted to know what was going on. Blah, 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 blah. And I was like, finally, um, like I'm dealing with my shit. So yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, I finally was just honest with him. And I said, you know what? I really don't know if our relationship is going to be okay in the future. I just want to be honest with you. Like I'm not, I don't know what the answer is right now. And he never emailed me back. And, um, at that point I, like when he never emailed me back to that one, I was just kind of like, okay. Like made it easier to say like, this it, is, it was a very yeah. sure sign that that was it. And then, yeah. um, I don't know, we'll say six months later or so. It was my birthday again. I was in California for my birthday and um and I you defriended were staying with your parents. Yeah, I would stay okay. with my parents. At that point I was talking to them again and that's a okay. whole other thing. But either way, um I had defriended everybody on social media that I wasn't like spouses and whatnot. And of course my oldest brother and his wife share a Facebook. Which says a lot. One of those couples. One of those. And (laughs) it was my birthday. And my sister-in-law realized that we weren't friends anymore. And for months, she had been asking my brother, like, why don't we ever FaceTime with her? Like, we used to FaceTime because they had daughters. And we would, you know, talk to them at least once a month. And he just kept telling her, like, oh, she's busy. It's the time change. It's this, it's that. And finally, she cornered him. And she called my mom on my birthday, hysterically crying. I was there. So I was like, let me just talk to her. And she didn't ask what happened or anything. She was obviously very shell-shocked. And so I don't really know what he told her, but that was the moment that I felt like it was the right decision to cut ties with him because he was clearly just trying to like bide his time and hoping that he could continue to avoid the truth and that I would come back around and then he could just somehow skate by and his wife would never know the difference. And, you know, when so you told me at the beginning that he was married and he had daughters, like I, I'm sorry, but I couldn't help but like have such a pit. Like I was just like, oh Jesus, like that's like, does she know? Like, does has he ever gotten help? Like, oh, but that's not your. I mean, this is about you and your journey, but that's just so you know. I couldn't help but my mind think that. I know that both of my brothers have been to therapy in some 
realm. I don't know the details beyond that. And I, um, I try to just like tell myself at night that I'm like, you know what? Both of their spouses know that something happened and I feel like it's kind of on them. If they wanted more details, they could have picked up the phone and called me. I agree. Me. And I think you, you still have such a journey. Like you have to focus on you. You can only worry, you know, that's like not your responsibility. I, it just, my yeah, mind there. I have to, I had to put myself back together for my own well-being. Um, sure. But no, basically, I mean, at this point, you know, that's all my family stuff. And then during the course of actually processing things is when I started to remember a lot more. And that's yeah. when I ended up getting diagnosed with PTSD. And um, yeah, so. I, um, okay, I have so many questions. Let me try to wrap When did you tell your husband about everything that had happened? So he knew uh, early-ish into us dating. Okay. Uh, because something about being in a relationship with somebody who's very loving and caring, I would cry after we slept together. And, and eventually that just kind of went away, but he knew in limited terms what happened, but not any, like not in the expanse that I even knew that, like, I didn't know the expanse of things then I knew right. I had like such a, uh, I don't know. Your memory is weird with trauma. Like truly you can forget about a lot of things. Yep. I think it's like a natural defense mechanism that we have, which sometimes Again, mine's completely different, but I was in this horrible car and I'm like thankful that I don't remember a lot of what happened. And sometimes I don't want to dive deep into it because I don't want them to come back. I think our body is shielding us or trying to protect us somehow. A hundred percent. And sometimes it's like, that's how you get through the day or you got through that time period was just not having like all of yeah. the details. Um, so basically, yeah, I don't know. I went through that kind of phase of crying and whatnot. And then it just kind of... I mean, at the time I was working, I wasn't working full time. I, I kid you not. Um, I was in school full time. Okay. I was doing vocational nursing. So you school, met him, was, you were pretty young. I was, I was 22, 22. That's when I met Steven too. So, and I did, I kind of wondered that. I know that's really personal, but I just feel like w trusting a male to me, just uh, being like sexual with uh, somebody, like those things have to be, uh, like, how do you get there? Like he has to be quite a guy and actually I've met him. We've met him at like Mag's pool parties and stuff. And you know, I just feel like he just adores you. Like, which is amazing. Yeah, he's definitely a good guy. Like I'm very lucky and I am fortunate that I found someone who is great because so many people that are survivors of childhood sexual abuse end up with people who are abusive or not nice or, you know, all sorts of things. And mm -hmm. I, you know, I don't know. I just feel very, very lucky to be with someone who yeah. like, we're both just like, we're going to have like a great family and our kids are going to have fun and we're going to have like a great life together. And now like, what is, I think being, you know, again, our kids are similar ages and being a mom like that. I don't know. Does, how does that affect your, I don't like, does that, have, okay. How does that affect your relationship with your children or your parenting, your relationship with your own families? Like, I feel like once you became a mom and now your kids are essentially the same age that you were when you were going through everything, has that had such an impact on you? It absolutely has. I, um, I parent a lot from the place of not what I knew and what I want to be different. So I do sure. a lot of reading and things like that on parenting and follow a bunch of therapists on Instagram that give parenting <laughs> tips because thank God for that, by the way, I love oh a quick little God. refresher coming through my <laughs> story. I know. They'll be like, this is how your children can feel safe when they have hard emotions. And I'm like, Oh, that's totally not what my yeah. gut would tell me to do, but that makes total sense. So I, I mean, I probably overcompensate. That's probably my biggest fear is being like so permissive about certain things because mm -hmm. I don't want my kids to see me as this scary person that you can't go to with like hard things. And so there's that aspect of it, but also like I make it a really big emphasis about like how my children treat each other and respecting each other's boundaries and being kind to each other and the importance of taking care of each other. Like things yeah. that like we just didn't talk about growing up. None of that was there. I, I do. I mean, I think it's, it's like worlds away from the way we're raised, the way things are now, this old new school parenting for sure. A hundred percent. Um, and sometimes, you know, it's, it's hard. Like I, my daughter is a very emotionally charged little human. And sometimes it's, 
you know, I reached these points with her. I'm like, I want you to own your feelings, but also sometimes life has to go on. That's so, so true. How do we I find this battle between the two? I know, girl, but I think whatever we're we're doing the best we can. But I definitely find myself toggling back between like every now and then. I'm like, because I said so, and I'm the mom. But you're like, oh, it's okay to feel this way. And why do we feel this way? What do we think? You know, asking all the questions and like feel their feels. And all of a sudden, I'm like, all right, enough of this shit. <laughs> I know, because sometimes I'm like, look, you just have to do it. You have to suck it yeah. up because it's life, and you have to like, I don't know. My daughter hates when she has a substitute teacher in school. Like, it is like her world ends. Oh. And well, she's just she likes like her routine. Okay. She likes her routine, which I totally get. I'm like, listen, I get it. I never liked having a sub either. But like we can't fall apart every time this happens. Like right. this is part of like life. Well, I think that's a life skill because man, it, it like I just think about our little healthcare world, like things are changing constantly and you just gotta adapt. Oh my god. Like, so I think you're giving her life, you know, she's gonna have to learn to adapt. So whether it and starts I, there and you know. Yeah. So um yeah, I don't know. I just Jenny, it's, do you it's, think you'll ever tell them what happened to you? I'm sure it will come up at some point. I just kind of cross my fingers that it doesn't come up until yeah. they're older. Yes. And yes. it's kind of funny because I, I think about it sometimes like, God, like what if, you know, my parents slip or you know, whatever? Because, you know, they don't know they have uncles. They don't know any of that. Right. And, you know. I didn't think about that. Yeah. Yeah. They don't know they have cousins. They, didn't, they know none of this. And I don't want to lie to them because I don't want to break their trust. But at I the same time, it. yeah, it's, it's so funny. They're like really I think young. about like, it's not, it's yeah. not. Fun. Yeah. They're young. I don't, you know, my daughter made a comment a while back, something about like, you guys just don't understand because you guys are both only children. And I was like, I'm just going to let that be like, yep. sure. Yep. Oh, but we'll address that Were your later. parents open when you said to them, Hey, you can have a relationship with my children, but like, have you had to tell them like, you may not mention my brothers. You may not do this. Oh. Like, did you? Yes. It's been, okay. it's very, very like. My, my parents, my mother in particular, has definitely, like, almost slipped a couple times. Like, you know, she yeah. want to tell a story about, like, me growing up. And, like, she almost slips. And I'm just like. Duh, 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 duh. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Tone it down there, lady. Well, good but, for you for having boundaries, being able to make them, set them. Like, I think that's really important. Again, that would be a part of the therapy journey. It's, yeah, I mean, you need them. So Jenny, when did you, okay, so you're getting help. You've had these conversations. You've cut out the like rotten stuff from your life. When did you decide to be so open about it? That seems like another big step in your journey. I started like, first of all, step one, don't ever write a book unless you want it to be a really long project. So I started. <laughs> so proud of you. We're going to talk about this book. So I started writing in 2018 when I didn't know anything about writing. And I didn't know what I was, I just, I knew that I wanted to tell my story at some point. And I also, you know, saw other people out there in the interwebs that were out there with their trauma and very comfortable with talking about it. And at the time I still wasn't there, mm -hmm. but I kind of had this thing where I was like, you know, if I can ever heal to the point that I can talk openly about what happened to me, I feel like I should use that. I feel like it's my yeah. weird gift as both a nurse and now talking about this stuff to break down like very complex things into these like little bite size, like, yeah, I totally understand what you're saying. It's a really complicated thing to put into words, but it makes sense. And, and to take something so shitty, like the understatement of the century that happened to you, but to be able to maybe change somebody else's life is really powerful, Jenny. And I feel like I, feel, again, I just feel so proud of you for doing it. Cause I, I said this to you in a text, but I, I can't, I bet you don't even know how many lives you've changed or how many people have followed you or have been through something that you following you or the words you've said has like changed them completely. Well, thank you. I, I definitely didn't feel brave for a long time. I felt like I was just like, what am I doing? This is a mess. What have yeah. I done with my life? But now so it like, started I do. with the book and then came the social media. Mm -hmm. Social media started like maybe two years ago now. I don't okay. know. It's I went and, back, man. I did some like, you know, I went all the way back. I like you're it. like, I went back to when you had no idea what you were doing with your social media channel. And I'm like, really yes, good I at had social media. I think I told you that for when I first put my podcast page. I'm like, can you teach me? Because yours are really good. So I was like, how where are you with this book process? Like, this is incredible to me. So at this point, I have like an unofficial contract with a small publisher and basically their acquisitions editor read my whole manuscript, gave me a bunch of notes and said, if you can fix it like this, then we will publish your book. And so okay. she has, it took me a very long time to go through all of her notes. Um, did you, how'd you feel about her notes? 
I loved her notes. They were great. Okay, great. There were certainly okay. ones that I got to that I was like, I don't, I don't like that. Or how do I? And then like, I like think about it. And be like, oh yeah, that probably is. Okay. Okay. I see where you're going she with this. She knows what she's doing. Okay. She's, she knows <laughs> what's up. Uh, and so, you know, part of it was that I just needed a little bit of a break. Like I took probably like a four or five month break from writing and just let yeah. my, like let everything breathe. And then, um, honestly last I'm like I saw you in Target after I broke my wrist. Yes, I broke my ice skating, and we had yes. just been ice skating the same day, just a little bit before you. I could oh not believe God. that happened. Gosh. So I was home from work on FMLA, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to use this opportunity to finish my book. And so that's what I did. I spent all day, every day, while I was on FMLA, my children were in school, and just finally finished all of the edits and turned it in like the day before I went back to work. Good for you. So what? So now what? What happens then? I don't know how this process goes. So basically, um, my editor will go through it and she'll give me back. I'm sure there'll be a few things to fix. And then from there, it'll go to the head of the publisher and then to a copy editor. And copy editors, like, they look at your grammar. They look at your, like, oh, does it Lord sound like you, the whole thing? Yeah. <laughs> things that I'm like, please fix this. I know there's errors. Like, oh, I feel like just getting started is the, probably the hardest part. Like, I, I just commend you. I think that's really amazing. I, I cannot wait for this to come out. I will be front and center, like, getting this book. Do you have any projected, or is that way, are we too far away from knowing? We're too far away from projected. It depends upon okay. what happens with this edit um, for how long. But generally speaking, from the time that it's like, yes, we're doing this, it's probably a year to 18 months. Because it just takes time to get yeah. all of the copy editing How done. How did you even get proofs. them to answer to you the in the first place? If that makes you sense, know, like if I say I want to write a book, who do I? What do I do? Girl, <laughs> the internet is a wild place, but that is all how I found my publisher. Okay, so the editor I have had published her own memoir through this publisher, and no I way. sent her a, a random because she followed me, and I sent her a message one day. And I was like, "Hey, I see that you have your book coming out. How did you go about this? This is a very like because I had sent." like they call it a query letter where you like send it to agents like hey this is a little bit about me this is my book blah 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 and it's very hard if you are not a celebrity to get a memoir published or if you don't have some sort of in in the world yeah um so did you watch um younger no i've heard that's a great <laughs> show though it's so good sorry they work for this publishing company and i was obsessed with like hillary duff anyways you should check it out but keep going right i i love that's like my main genre that i love to read but they are typically like celebrities or i don't know that's maybe not true did you ever read the glass castle i loved that one. oh my god glass castle is great educated's great educated um james Frey's like my favorite and i feel like he just writes like it's confusing what you remember he, he's the one who like oprah blew up a spot because he said one book was a memoir that was actually you know had a lot Ooh. of fiction to it and then he what called was his it next called? Book, um a million little pieces yes it was yes. that's he is my favorite and he wrote a new one called katarina that i highly recommend but he doesn't call that a memoir even though speculation is that's actually more spot on with his life they're so good he's like i can't go down that road again we're just gonna call it fiction yes right <laughs> Um, but okay. So you say? find her online and then that's I how that got And she was like, you know, we messaged back and forth and finally she was like, all right. She's like, I'm going to be honest with you. Like I'm the editor at this publishing company. I've been following you. I really like your material, you know, send me your book basically. And that's kind of how things yeah. started. So um, the last time I asked you, you didn't have a title for this book. Do you have one yet? I do, but I can't say it because just in case like it changes, oh, gotcha. I okay. finally have come up with something, but it is, I have decided it is harder to name a book than it is to name a baby. I was feeling for you. I'm like, oh my gosh, that is, I mean, you've got all the material out there, but what do we call it? Because I feel like that can make or break your book. Well, not just that, but it's like, I always wanted it to like be something that like meant more than one thing. And like, I don't know, I had all these oh, I get like, that. things that I wanted and it just, it was so hard to come up with something. Um, okay. Well, I can't wait to like report back on this and repost and get everyone invested once this is coming out. I know. But I how feel like people find you now, Jenny. Like I, I highly recommend you go follow her on Instagram, but I don't even know your handle. How do people find you? Um, you can find me on Instagram at Jenny Munsour Heels. And for now, that's kind of Spell my it only out for spot. Me. What'd you say? Spell it out for us. I'm like J-E-N-N-Y. My last name is Munsour. Sounds like man and sour, unfortunately. <laughs> M-A-N-S-O-U-R and then the word heels, H-E-A-L-S. And I will link you whenever I post about this. But yes, this, please. I could go on and on. I really am trying to keep these around 45 minutes to an hour. But oh, can I ask one more question I was thinking about? Yeah. When you were finding these like people online, like are there groups like support groups in person, online, somewhere where you could ever feel like someone was relating to you? Uh, 
online has not really been my space. I did this very short, like six week group therapy thing through my therapist's office. It was like a different therapist that did it. And it was okay. actually kind of one of those, like it was maybe four people, five people, it was five people. Wow. And I was the youngest person in the room. And I remember like, I walked in and like the day that like, it was my turn to kind of tell my story. Like everybody had clearly like judged me off of appearance. They're like, oh, you know, here's this girl. She's like blonde hair, wearing like cute little like, you know, sweater set and little shoes and huh. looking like whatever. And like I, my story doesn't fit, you know, I just, I don't know. Oh, I, I hate like, story, that. So it didn't have it. It wasn't a great experience. It was a great experience after that. Cause then all of a sudden they realized they were like, oh shit, this girl's been through a lot. Like okay. we, didn't, we didn't expect that from the way that you look and carry Dang. yourself to be your story. And please don't judge me. I'm here at group therapy for a reason. Like, yeah, geez. but it was um, it was a really cool experience actually because another person in there had a similar story and it was like the first time meeting somebody that had a similar story to mine. Because, yeah. you know, you think a lot of the bad things that happened to you in life, like, oh, this, I must be the only person. I and think that that, I've said this a few times on this podcast, no matter what it is, I think it's human nature. It's such a part of me, but I love being able to relate to people. It's the same reason you find mom friends that have kids the same age or whatever you've gone through. It's just nice to know you're not alone or to have somebody that truly gets what you're going through. Yeah, you want you want to feel understood. And sometimes you hate to say that it's got to be someone that like has kind of walked in your shoes in some capacity, yeah. but do you keep up with her? Like are you guys friends? No. After okay. that group, and nobody had contact information. It was kind of like one of those, like, this is like kind of like we're in person, but if you want to keep in touch, you can. And like, I just, I'm kind of weird about stuff like that. And I was just like, yeah, okay. Yeah, I get that. I, I don't okay, know. I have one last question. This is so random from the beginning of you, your yes. story here. The friends that you told during the sleepover when you said you slipped up, are you still friends with them? Or do you know if they ever like told their parents? So it's funny. Um, one of the friends that was there that night, uh, she and I actually, years later, like when I was finally like going through all this stuff, we met for brunch and I, you know, at the time I'd wanted to have a second baby and I was like, I shelved it because I was like, I can't emotionally do this right now. Yeah. And so she and I meet for brunch and I was like, I actually have some really big news. And she was just like, are you pregnant again? And I was like, no, let me tell you what's going on. And when I told wow. her, she just started crying. It was like, I have, she literally was like, I have thought about that sleepover like every six months since then and wanted to ask you about it and been like, are you okay? But she was like, I didn't know how to ask. I didn't know that you wanted me to ask. I wasn't and sure what to do with so it. They were so dumb too. I really, when you said that, I was thinking, what would I have done with that information at that age? You yes, hope I, you would do the right thing with it, but I, I, I can't know for sure that I would. I don't know. You know, looking back at my life and the way things have worked out and the fact that like she didn't tell her parents then, I'm so grateful because- I really, truly think that everything kind of. You got to do I'm it like, on your timeline. I was like, like unveiled, yeah. unrolled. Un I don't know what <laughs> word I'm looking for right now. But, you know, like yeah. everything kind of unraveled in a, a way that, yes, it was very overwhelming for a time period. But at the same time, like now looking at everything, I'm glad for the timing and the way everything worked out because I needed to be the age that I was for me to have the outcome that I wanted which was, yeah, I mean, totally yeah. Wow. Man, I feel like there were a couple other tidbits where I was trying so hard not to interrupt you. And I, you know, <laughs> I think I did. Okay. We'll see. Sometimes I listen back and I'm like, shut up, Ashley, just let them talk. Jenny, I really, really appreciate you doing this with me. You've been super supportive of my podcast journey. I think early on you, we had kind of talked about it and you said you would be happy to do it. And I want, I think I instantly said I was just wanting to get a little bit more comfortable myself on this journey. And so I wanted to, you know, I wanted to wait a second, but here we are. No. And I think you do a great job with your podcast. And I, I, when I thought you were starting a podcast, I was like, that is so the right type of podcast for you. Cause you can talk to anybody, <laughs> like Thank people who you. don't know you in person. Like you literally walk in and you're just like, we're already best friends. And I'm like, I did just met you, but yeah, like, I feel like you're just so comfortable. Jenny, with do you want to go to a midnight movie with me? Like I <laughs> would love friends. to. And then I'd like to fall asleep <laughs> on your shoulder for a oh, second. Cause so I can't. Funny. That really is. Again, I think you always, I've said this kind of teasing on myself, but I was, you know, never the smartest one in the room, never this, but that was always my thing. I just really loved people and was able to make connections with people and it's genuine. And here we are, I'm doing this thing and I'm loving it so much, but I, I just always appreciate the support and it has come from people in my past that I maybe have lost touch with, like reaching out and it just means a lot to me. And I know I'm this wasn't sure. easy and I don't know. I just, I thank you so much for doing it. 
Well, I appreciate you having me on. Thank you so much. Well, please, please keep me posted on the book and I am going to post it like crazy when it comes out. But um, guys, go follow her on Instagram and I'll keep you all up to date when that book comes out. And I hope you guys continue to follow me on Spotify at Bright Minds with Ashmon. If you click that follow button and give me some stars ratings, I would really appreciate it too. I think it changes the algorithm or something for when people are looking for new podcasts. It kind of jumps me up there. Um, Jenny, thank you. Thank you. I hope you have a great day and let's talk soon. I would love it. Yes. Thank you. Bye.